welcome to episode 18 of Vienna Jewcast. Today we have a special life story for you, a story of Hedy Kolka who fled from Austria in 1938 with her family and has lived in the U.S. ever since. Anya had a Zoom interview with her last week and it's so rich that we're going to just jump into it right away. We're so happy to have you on the show today, Hedy. Um, how are you doing? I've been good. You've spent most of your life in the US. Do you still feel some kind of connection to Vienna? And is there something that comes to your mind, like some special connection that you still have to Vienna or Austria? I'll tell you something. I came, I left Vienna when I was 15, but I've been back to Vienna 18 times because I still have family over there, which is a, a story of its own, a, a whole different story. And my husband also came from Vienna. So we talked German without even being aware. And our kids would say, speak English. So, uh, and, and my parents, my brother and I, we always spoke German to our parents. So German was a 1938 German, not today anymore, but 1938 German. Today, the, uh, the Viennese is, has a lot of English in it. So uh, memories, I have, I have good memories of my childhood that until Hitler came, we had a very privileged background and, I, and we were a close-knit family and I was an only child until my brother was born five and a half years later. Would you be willing to share your memory of Anschluss and do you still have a, do you still remember exactly how it happened? Oh, definitely, definitely. I was, uh, I was listening to the radio and Hitler, this was March, I think March 11. And Hitler marched in and uh, Shushnik, the chancellor was on the air and his last words were, Gott beschütze Österreich. This I remember, like it was today and uh, like I said I was 15 but some things I remember better from then than I do of this morning <laughs> and uh, then life changed abruptly we were kicked out of school and uh, my father was arrested and uh, <clears throat> his business was taken away. So uh, what would you like to know in detail? If you would like to share the story of how you and your family managed to escape Austria. Okay. When my father was arrested, when Hitler came, my father said, nothing's going to happen to me. 
to the Jews because in Germany, the Jews kept on living a restricted life, but they kept on living. And I, my father said, I was an officer in the army. They're not gonna do anything to me. But when they, once they arrested him and he was in, in the Karayangasse, in, in the holding pattern to go to Dachau or Buchenwald, I don't know which, Dachau. He came, the, the person that stole the business got him out because he didn't know what to do with the business. And my father came home and he said, we have to get out. We cannot stay here. This is not like Germany. And then the luck was that both my parents were born in Austria, not in Poland or Russia. So the quota was not filled, but we still had to wait. And, and that was, that I remember was a, a very traumatic time. And the children, we learned how to make a living. We learned how to make loves, how to type, how to support ourselves in another country. And uh, so that is very vivid in my mind, not in my brother, because he was, he was only five years old and, and my mother was called to scrub the sidewalk with a toothbrush. You probably know all this. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable time. So the Jews are not only the persecuted people. It was the homosexuals, the, uh, the ones that helped the Jews, uh, Schindler, and all this comes to life. And, and like I said, all this is so vivid in my memory. If I heard correctly in the other interview, you fled first to Paris, you went to Paris, and then from, from wait, there... No, 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 wait, 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 wait. It, it was a slow process. First, we had an Austrian passport that became invalid. So we had a transit visa. We went to Zurich, Switzerland, and that was that transit visa was for two weeks until we got on a boat to come to the United States. But we had to wait for the visa. The word visa was the key word to survival. Paris, we were in Paris illegally because we, but my parents didn't tell us children because children don't keep their mouth shut. They talk too much. So when the visa did come, my mother said, don't open your mouth. Let your father take care of it. And my father spoke French, which was very good. And with a can of sardines, 
he bribed the official who was in charge. And not only that, the official looked like a movie actor. And my father said to this person, vous avez l'air de Louis Jouvet. And he was so flattered with a can of sardines that he took a piece of paper and he stamped the visa. And that's how we survived in Paris, but illegally. And, and then when we, we prepaid our passage to the United States, but on the Holland America line, first class, the, the New Amsterdam was on a cruise and my father said, we're not waiting, we're taking the first ship because there's gonna be a war. And we left on April 5th on the Vendam, which we then that day to this day, we call Vendam Day because uh, if we had waited, it could have been too late. So, and we went first class and it took 12 days to, to get to New York, to Hoboken. And because the, that ship had uh, Dutch settlers who, who went to Halifax, Nova Scotia. And when we landed in Halifax, my uh, 10 year old brother fell in the mud. And my mother said, George, you're all dirty. How we're gonna get to America and you are all so dirty. Anyway, that was my impression. And when we got, when we got across the Statue of Liberty, we, that was the last night time I bit my fingernails and I was so happy to see the Statue of Liberty. Uh, I can't begin to tell you that was the home, the land, the home of the brave, the land of the free, uh, a whole new life was ahead of us. Was it easy for you and for your family to integrate and to find friends and school and education and everything no, in the US? No, I tell you, it wasn't because we were all in the same boat. It's like the pandemic now, everybody's in the same boat. We all wear masks, we have social distance. We, we're all in this together. And when I came here, all of us, came without money and we all, we bonded as children and, and we started a new life together and, and we made lifelong friends. And one, one girl I met on the boat, uh, she, she was from Germany and uh, her name was Steffi and uh, we became lifelong friends. And she was my maid of honor at my wedding. So those were my impressions. And uh, 
coming here. I, we were so relieved that we were now in a free country. Did you ever consider going back to Austria, like to live back in Austria? Never, never. Once we were thrown out, no way am I going back to live. And even Austria offered now dual citizenship. And some of my family, my brother's family, took advantage of this. I, I said, no way, Jose, for me. And my, and my children, I didn't even ask their opinion. We are not going back to when, where we were thrown out. It's too little and too late. But the people now in Germany, in Austria, are a whole different breed. I mean, these people are kind, they uh, sympathize, they, they are not the same people. It, it's their parents and their grandparents. That's another story. If they're my age, they were Nazis. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm digressing, you know. I never, never, ever was thinking of going back to visit, to eat Wiener Schnitzel with, with the with wonderful Kartoffelsalat. Oh my God, that alone is worth going back. Ah, just to eat there. There's something else I wanted to ask you, Hedy. Was your family religious or observant in some way? My family was not religious. Not my father and not and not and certainly not my mother's family. But my father was religious for his father's sake. And he said, as long as my father's alive, I'll keep it. Because when my father was in that holding pattern, uh, there was uh, a man there, a Jew, and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And when the man came that took my father out, my father said, there is no God, because if anybody would have been taken out, would have been that man who prayed. I didn't pray. There is no God. And he became, he became an atheist. He said, there is no God. And, uh, and, and my husband had a similar experience. And that's how my father and my husband bonded over the fact that they became atheists. People thought we were set up. Little did they know. They, my mother, when she found out I was going to marry my husband, she said, Oh my God, what are you going to live on? What are you going to live on? Oh my God. Anyway, that's another story. No, I, I have another question because you already said that your family was not religious, most of the family, and you yourself are not religious or were not religious. My question would be, is there some other way for you to connect to your Jewishness, to your Jewish identity? Yes in every way, but the religion itself about going to temple, 
We never denied being Jews, never ever. We love Jewish food. We're gastronomical Jews, okay? We like, we like matzah. We like a filter fish. You name Jewish food, we love it. And uh, horseradish and all that. And uh, we were born Jewish. We got married Jewish, my husband and I. We wanted to get married by a justice of the peace. But these people all had Irish names and that didn't suit us as Jews. So we, my father was a brilliant man and he suggested, he said, go to Temple Emmanuel in New York City, a reformed synagogue and go to the rabbi and ask him to marry you in the study. You don't have to go to the temple. I said, oh my God, it's gonna to be too expensive. He said, ask the rabbi how much he charges. We made an appointment with the rabbi at Temple Emanuel in New York City, Fifth Avenue. And we said, how much do you charge? He says, whatever you give me, I had a hang up, Hetty, me. I didn't want to be called a bride. <laughs> so what, what were you called? What did you want to be called? I don't know. I just went with my husband and we went to the rabbi. We only had a few people that we took along. And I said, uh, can you uh, marry us in, in the in your office and he said sure and he just asked a few questions if he thought we were suitable to each other which we were and my friend Steffi came and uh, my my mother and my father I, and just a handful of people I, I was Miss Sugar <laughs> I, I don't know what possessed me I, I didn't want to wear a wedding gown. I wore a white suit and my mother got me something to wear on, on my, uh, like a floral arrangement. I looked like, like a wedding guest, you know, but I was happy anyway. So, so you, you were, um, you got married at the reform synagogue in the office. Yes at the office in, of Temple Emanuel and $200 was a lot of money. But my father was able to afford it at that time. And he didn't wanna be a, a schnorrer. <laughs> so he said, uh, you give him this and, uh, and everybody was happy. And what year was that? Sorry. 1947. My husband would have been a hundred years old uh, last December, but he passed away 20 years ago. I can't imagine him alive today because if people this age uh, are still married to each other, they fight all day long because they can't see, they can't hear, they can't do anything. And everybody is uh, 
crotchety. And uh, when we, by the time my husband passed away, he, he was a happy man. He was retired and working for, still full time as an insurance man for MetLife. And we, we, we traveled and, uh, but I knew his time was up, but, uh, but you know, we had the best of lives and uh, one husband, enough. We were married 55 years. My, my brother called it double nickel and uh, that was it. And uh, I tell you something, I have, but I have fond memories of our life together. But my daughter was very funny. She would say, after the, a while, even the dearly departed lose their sainthood. And then occasionally you remember things they said because I remember to the last day of his life, when he came in, he kept saying, this door has to be fixed. And I had every handyman under the sun come and look at that door. And everybody said, there's nothing wrong with the door. And he kept saying, somebody has to fix it. He didn't say, I have to fix it. But he kept saying, somebody has to fix that door. It drove me mad. <laughs> anyway, but I tell you, we were a very happy couple. And, and the reason we were happy, he would say to me, whenever I said something, he would say, yes, dear. <laughs> I have another question, Hedy. What do you miss the most since the pandemic started? What are you looking forward most? To seeing my to to seeing my family, uh, never mind the mask and all that stuff, just being together, and especially my great grandchildren. I I was I I came to this assisted living place where I'm on independent plan. It's going to be five years, and uh, uh, only since I'm here in Boston. Did I become a great grandmother? Four boys, and uh, the oldest one will be four, and the youngest one was just a year, and we we celebrated on Zoom, and I don't care about all this. It's it's at my age. I, I what I miss is is the togetherness. So, I should be grateful that I am in as good a shape as I am. I'm shrinking and shrinking and I was never tall, but now I'm still, still above sea level, just still. <laughs> I like this comment. Um, uh, another question, so to say, um, since you've witnessed, as you just said, almost an entire century of incredibly many changes and shifts in the society and history and technology. Do you have a specific wish for the future? And what would you like the younger generations to keep in mind? I wish them to be well and safe. And I wish 
that the virus is not going to kill so many more people. And I wish that none of the young people will be dying. This is what I wish. I wish that the virus is approaching an end, which is unlikely, but I, this is my wish. Thank right. you so much, Henny. And really, it was it was a pleasure meeting you, even even just online. I wish Good. you a nice rest of the day. Here it's already late evening. My pleasure. I enjoyed meeting you and seeing you. And I wish you all the best that life has to offer. Thank you. I, I wish you the same. And I really wish you to see your family again very, very soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for conducting this amazing interview with Hedy Anya. What a rare and special opportunity to explore the past. Since at Vienna Jewcast, we usually focus on the present, but that's not all for today. We'd like to take some time to discuss the future of Vienna Jewcast. Now, Anya and I started this podcast last summer, and we've had a lot of fun learning the ropes and finding our style these past months. But as we continue to grow, we've realized that with all our big plans for this podcast, we just can't do it alone. So we have a very special announcement today. We're welcoming a third member to our Vienna Jewcast team. You might remember them as our wonderful interviewee from episode 15, but after that day, we just knew we had to get them on board. So without further ado, I am more than excited to welcome Ari to the team. Hi, Ari. Hi, so happy to be here. So excited for the future of the Vienna Jewcast. Ah, yes, us as well. Now, first off, as our new co-host, could you please tell our audience a bit about yourself, Ari? Yes. So my name is Ari. My pronouns in English are they, them, theirs. And in German, I actually use the neo-pronouns sie, sein, sieben. So just a little bit about that so people don't get too confused. Um, so in order to use those pronouns, you would say sie ist fantastisch. Oder ich bitte Sie um Hilfe. Dieses Buch gehört Sie, das ist dir, Ari. Und dann bitte männliche oder neutrale Nomen sowie Lehrer. Um, and other than that, you can just use my name or if you don't want to bother with any pronouns, just use my name whenever. And we'll also be putting a link in the description of this podcast episode so that you can uh, read some more about the neo pronouns and how to use them if that's something you find interesting. Um, so basically, I am from Montana in the United States, and I have been living here in Vienna since 2014. I moved here originally on a Fulbright scholarship to teach English and do some research. Ooh. And then, yeah, it was awesome. And then I met my now husband, and I live here with my husband, my two dogs, and a cat. And I'm a teacher and also a writer and an actor. Yes. So... I, it's just, it's a good life. It's, it's a good life, except for the pandemic, you know, the pandemic makes <laughs> life a little difficult, but I am happy to be living here in Vienna, this wonderful city with my, with my husband, like I said, and my animals. Thank you, Ari. And I think we have a lot in common. I'm so excited for our conversations that we're going to have. And I know that we are not the only ones excited for you to be here. So, I mean, I'd love to get to know you on a more intimate level, if you will. So could you, Tell us some things that you're passionate about, what feeds your fire, what nourishes your soul, Ari? 
This is such a great question. I love discussing this with people and hearing what other people say. For me, I'm passionate about learning as much as I can. And I enjoy connecting with and learning from other humans through meaningful discussions. Um, I also am very passionate about fighting for social justice and equality. And also I just wanna try and have as much fun and experience as many joyful moments as possible in life. That's what I live for. Oh, that's wonderful. And thank you for sharing all of this about you. Now, I know we've discussed all of this together, but could you please let us all know why you decided to join the Vienna Jewcast? Yeah, so basically I've just started confirming my Jewish status. Um, and I've discovered through that, um, I've rediscovered my love of learning. <laughs> and specifically, I now really love learning about and talking about Judaism. So reconnecting with my Jewish roots has really just helped me a lot in life, generally, mentally, emotionally, but um, I just, like I said, reigniting my love of learning. And so I consider myself a scholar and I wanna connect with other people and just learn things about life. And I just find it so inspiring to talk about religion and spirituality with others. And I'm just fascinated by individual stories and belief systems. What do all these different humans in the world think? What do they like? What, 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 what drives them? And I want to just connect with other humans and also share our conversations with these other people with the rest of the world uh, in an effort to build community because we're living in pretty difficult and frustrating times. And so I just feel like this is the best way to really, you know, live <laughs> and deal with what's going on. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I think that I can speak for everyone that you are such a wonderful addition and we're so oh, excited thank you. For all, to move forward with this. What are you looking forward to personally with the podcast? Well, I'm really looking forward to interviewing people um, who are Jewish and also just feel connected to Judaism. I'd also like to get to know more people in the Jewish community in Vienna, because as I mentioned, I'm only just really joining the Jewish community here during a pandemic, no less. So I haven't really met many people. So that's something I'm looking forward to. And I just want to share stories and words of wisdom from my own life and also learn from others. That's what I'm excited about. Thank you so much. That sounds perfect. So wonderful. And once again, welcome. Thank you so much. I can't wait to get started. Uh, Ari, thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to work with you on different ideas and to hear your perspectives and stories. It's really amazing that you're on the board now. And last but not least, please subscribe to our channel. And by channel, we mean we are all over the place. We're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you find podcasts. Just type in Vienna Jewcast, you'll find us. And we're always so happy to get feedback, new ideas, and to find new guests. So you can write us at vienna.jewcast at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our next episode with all three of us here at Vienna Jewcast woot, woot. And, and Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom.